Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's turn to the book of Galatians, chapter 3, starting a new chapter today. Just going to read 14 verses, not going to be rushing the chapter. Faith or observance of the law. You foolish Galatians. Who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, Are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Have you suffered so much for nothing? If it really was for nothing. Does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? Consider Abraham. He believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand them that those who believe are children of Abraham. The scriptures foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. All who rely on observing the law are under a curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly, no one is justified before God by the law because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, the man who does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us for it is written cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree he redeemed us in order that the blessing given to abraham might come to the gentiles through jesus christ so that by faith we might receive the promise of the spirit may lord give us understanding of his word this morning amen We do ask for understanding, Lord. We pray that we'll be able to concentrate, not be distracted, 
to be tuned in, forget about everything else. And may you speak to us. May we learn something new this morning, even for the first time. And uh, we just pray the Lord that your, as your word says, will not return void. Whoever listens to this message, either here or on the radio, uh, by internet, wherever the case may be. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I've titled this message, The Curse of the Law. The Curse of the Law. Uh, it's a rhetorical question, and I know the answer that means. Have you ever done something really stupid? <laughs> I bet we have, right? All of us have. What about other people? You think, what were you thinking? Have you ever said that to yourself and you've done something really dumb? Yeah, yeah. What were you thinking? Well, we, we all have. You know, uh, the Apostle Paul, he had to write to the church in Turkey because he couldn't believe how those Christians had departed from the freedom that they once had by simply believing in Jesus Christ. By faith. After Paul left Turkey, the church began to follow the teachings of the Judaizers. They attempted to put those Gentile Christians under the obligation to follow the Old Testament law. So Paul begins this chapter by calling the Galatian Christians foolish. In other words, that means, are you crazy? Have you lost your mind? That's what that means. Really? Um, believing these false teachers, really? How can you be so foolish? What are you thinking? And that's the danger. When new believers first get saved and uh, they are not taught by the Word of God, they don't get into the Word of God, they don't read their Bibles, they don't come to church, they're not discipled, they can be led astray by false teachers and cults that do not teach and preach the Word of God. They don't believe the scriptures. So these new believers can be easily led astray, just like these Galatian Christians were, led astray by false teachers. False religions, just about all of them, have a semblance of Jesus in their belief, a semblance. But they deny the fact that Jesus is God and that people need to be born again in order to go to heaven. So do I need to ask you if you are born again? You ought to know. If you don't know, you need to be born again if you want to go to heaven. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Do we? Paul reminds the Galatians about his own experience and their experience when they first believed, when he went amongst them and preached Christ. 
He preached Christ crucified, buried, and risen from the dead. That is the gospel, and they believed it. They believed it by faith. So why would they put themselves under the law? It wasn't the law. They were saved through the law. Nobody can be saved through the law. They were transformed by believing the gospel message. Like we've been transformed, amen? We are a new, we are a new creation in Christ. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. They experienced for the first time, like you did and I did, my case, 1982, 12th of September, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, being baptized into Christ. We were set free from the bondage of sin and death. A Christian will die physically like everybody else, but we can never die spiritually. We'll, we'll live forever because God can never die and God lives in us and God is everlasting. So we will live with him forever and ever and ever. The experience, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, not by keeping a set of rules that required them to do something. Like I said last week, all the religions in the world, bar none, you're expected to do something. Christianity says done. They say do, Christianity says done. Believing in the finished work of what Jesus did on the cross, which we'll be remembering shortly. The last thing Jesus said on the cross, what did he say? It is finished. Now often in the early church, God's power was clearly demonstrated. Uh, I wish it would be in the modern church, but not so much. But especially in the early church, in many supernatural ways by the coming of the Holy Spirit. All the apostles had been given special supernatural powers to convince people that they had been sent from God. Because the Jews look for a sign, but the Greeks seek after wisdom. Here's one example, the apostle Paul. In Acts chapter 19, 11 through 12, he said, this is what Dr. Luke says, who wrote the book, the letter in Acts, he said this, God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. So people are going after Paul trying to find his handkerchiefs, you know. And they were healed miraculously. All their illnesses were healed because of the supernatural powers that the apostles had. They had the ability to speak in foreign languages. I wish I had the same thing. It took us about seven years in New Guinea. <laughs> You know, they didn't, it wasn't like a Tarzan movie with her Ungawa. <laughs> you know, what's those old Tarzan movies? You know, what's the guy's name? Johnny Wisemuller? Johnny Wisemuller? Every other word, it's like he's in Africa, you know, swinging about with Cheetah and Jane, whatever her name was. 
and you know, Ungawa, Ungawa. Yeah, I wish it was that simple. Now it's a very complicated language. Okay. Right. People saw the miracles happen through God's power. Through God's power. They were totally convinced, those Galatian Christians. And then when Paul left, you got these false teachers come in, start stirring up trouble and deceiving them and saying, you've got to, you know, that's okay to believe in Jesus. Yeah, we believe in Jesus. You know, we believe he died on the cross. We believe he rose from the dead. But you've also got to keep the law, the Old Testament law, just like we do, to be acceptable to God. False teaching. Paul asked, did the Holy Spirit come from God as a result of you hearing the truth by faith, which it did, or did it happen by doing the works of the law? He's reminded them. They'd done nothing, neither did we, to earn their salvation. You can't do it. Apart from believing in Jesus. So what benefit was it to them now trying to measure up to God's standards? You think you can measure up to God's standards? No way. No way. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory. We could never measure up to God's standards. So we have to receive God's righteousness to be acceptable in his sight. Nobody can keep the law 100% of the time. You fail in one point, you've broken the whole law. Nobody can keep it. it. It's a curse. It condemns us. Paul says in verse 10, all who rely on observing the law, so they were, they were relying on observing the law, even though they couldn't. All who rely on observing the law are under a curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Everything. Nobody can keep the law. Nobody can fulfill the law. Only one person could do that because he was perfect and that was Jesus. He fulfilled it perfectly. He never sinned. It was impossible to sin. Verse 11, clearly no one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will live by faith. That's what, that's what we're doing. We're living by faith. Even though we've never seen Jesus, we live by faith by the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. We're declared righteous through believing faith in Jesus' finished work on the cross. Now having been saved by his grace, through faith, we're able by God's grace to live for God by faith. That's what we do, one day at a time. The Old Testament law was, isn't based on faith. It never was. It demands for people to follow it perfectly, which nobody can. It's impossible to do. Twelve, the law is not based on faith. On the contrary, 
it says, the person who does these things will live by them. One purpose of the law was to show us that we are spiritually lost and that we needed to be rescued from the curse of the law. And then along came Jesus to pay the high price for our redemption. Thank God for Jesus. Verse 13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. How? By becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Cross was made from a tree, yes? It's wooden. So the definition of a curse, it means this. This is what the curse is. You probably know already. A curse means a solemn utterance intended to invoke a supernatural power to inflict harm or punishment or on someone or something. The law brings a curse. The book of the law handed down to the children of Israel clearly states that the cursed curses would fall on those who disobeyed God's commandments. There's only 10 of them. But there's a, there's a whole lot more. And the Pharisees kept adding and adding more and more, 300 and something more commandments. No wonder they couldn't. They couldn't even keep 10 of them. Couldn't even keep one of them 100% of the time. So the Jews, people of Israel, and all of mankind are condemned because we are born under the curse of the law, original sin. Nobody could or can or will be able to keep God's perfect standard of righteousness because we're not God, are we? Some people may think, <laughs> no. We all fall short of God's righteousness. None of us can measure up. So why try to beat yourself up? You're not perfect, you never will be. This is why we needed someone who was perfect to die in our place. And then he came. Thank God that he came. According to the Old Testament law, anyone who hangs on a tree is under God's curse. So Paul emphasizes that Jesus came to save us from the curse of the law and he became a curse for us, even though he was without sin. He became a curse for us on a wooden cross. Deuteronomy 21, 23 says, this is what the law says to, the, to Israel. You must not leave his body on the tree overnight. Be sure to bury him the same day because anyone who hung on a tree is under God's curse. Jesus became a curse for us. He took 
our sins on his body when he was nailed to that tree, nailed to that cross. He took away the curse of the law that condemned us so that the blessings that were given to Abraham might come not only to the Jews, but also to us, the Gentiles, to all people that believe in Jesus Christ by faith, not trying to keep a law that nobody can keep. Christians are people who live by faith. We're not people who live under the law, trying to keep the law, because you know as well as I do, no, we can't keep them. But we can keep his commandments because we have the power of the Holy Spirit in us. We're able to do that because of the supernatural power who dwells within us. By faith, having believed, having been born again by the Holy Spirit, we are a new creation in Christ. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We have the power. We have the power. Are we utilizing that power? Are we walking in the Spirit every day? Let's not grieve the Holy Spirit. Let's not quench the Holy Spirit. We've all done it. We've all done it. And then that fellowship is broken, isn't it? And then we need to confess our sin. We need to confess. We need to tell God and ask him for forgiveness. And he does. And then we're restored back into fellowship again. And we move on by faith. We live by faith. That's what we need to do. He took our sins in his, on his own body. He didn't become a sinner. You need to really understand this. Like some of these false religions believe that Jesus had to be born again when he was nailed to the cross and he went into hell and he had to be born again. It's just heresy and it's wrong. And whoever preaches that, I wouldn't want to be in their shoes come judgment day. Jesus took away the curse of the law. We live by faith, just like Abraham was saved through faith, not by keeping the law. Because there was no law when Abraham became a believer. There was no law. He believed the promises of God by faith, and he was justified by faith. He was declared righteous by faith not by keeping the law. The law didn't come along till 450 years after he died. So how could he keep the law when it didn't exist? The law was given to the people of Israel through Moses, not Abraham. Abraham was justified by faith, believing the promises of God, not trying to keep a law that didn't exist. God told Abraham, that all the nations of the world would be blessed through him. We are blessed through Father Abraham. We are recipients. We are blessed because of faith in Jesus Christ. The promise of the blessing is for us, having believed in Jesus. We're saved through faith, believing what he did for us on that cross. 
Paul, the apostle, being a very devout religious Jew, not just before he was saved, but also after he became a Christian. He knew the Old Testament by heart. He could quote the books of the law, verbatim. And he quotes Deuteronomy and Habakkuk and Leviticus in this, these verses. And it clearly shows that the law only brings a curse on those who fail to follow it perfectly, perfectly. So why did they, you say, you're so foolish. What are you doing? What are you trying to do? Putting yourself under the law? Were you saved through trying to keep the law or were you saved through believing faith in Jesus? What are you doing? What are you doing? That's what he's saying. How can you be so foolish to go back? Why put yourself under the law? The law had nothing to do with faith. It, the law is about doing, observing, and keeping it in every single detail. Can anybody do that? Only one. Only one could do it, the one who was perfect, who, the only one who's ever been born who was without sin, Jesus Christ. Now then, since everybody, I hope we've established that, fails to keep the law, Jesus, again, he took upon himself the curse that was on us from birth, original sin. So then, since everybody fails to keep the law, God sent his only begotten son, Jesus, to come. And he was willing to come, and he was able to accomplish what he set out to do. He set his face like a flint towards Jerusalem and there's nothing going to stop him from going to that cross. And they all deserted him. You're going to be remembering that shortly. All deserted him. The only one who was without sin, the only one who's ever been born, who fulfilled the law perfectly in every single detail because he was perfect unlike us and all mankind we are born under the curse of the law of sin and death we could only be justified by believing in Jesus sacrifice on the cross on that wooden beam uh, shouldn't we, I'm sure you are, I hope you are, tell the Lord every day how grateful you are, how thankful we are for what he did on that cross. Where would we be without Jesus? We are so blessed because of what he did. So blessed because he was willing and he was the only one able to suffer and die in our place.
You know, the Jews had a law that uh, they could release somebody. And remember when Pilate stood there and he wanted to let Jesus go? And the crowd preferred to have Barabbas, a murderer, released than Jesus. And they said, crucify him, crucify him. And may his blood be upon us. And boy, have they suffered ever since. How grateful we should be that he was willing to do what he did and suffer so much in our place. We deserve to be nailed on that cross, but he did it in our place. Now, we're no longer condemned. We were, we were under the curse of the law. We're on our way, a highway to hell. That's where we're heading. Like the song, ACDC. And I hate to hear that because highway to hell. That guy didn't even know what he was singing about because he's probably there now. Amen. Weeping. And gnashing his teeth. Because he'd never been saved. I'm on a highway to hell. Oh, yes. The vast majority of people on planet Earth are on a highway to hell. And aren't we thankful that we're on a highway to heaven? On the narrow road? Not because we deserved it, but because he loved us and he gave himself for us on that cross. No longer condemned. We don't have to face judgment anymore. We don't have to stand before the great white throne judgment and be cast into the lake of fire for all eternity along with Satan and the false prophet. No, we'll be with the Lord in heaven. That's where we're headed. Not because we deserved it, but because Jesus loves us so much. He proved it. What more could he do? What more could he do? What more could he, could he have done? He proved how much he loved. And this is what keeps us faithful. Not trying to keep the law. Oh, I've got to do this. And, I, you know, I must do that. And I can't do that. No, we, he keeps us faithful because we love him. We love him. And he doesn't condemn us even when we sin. He forgives us. Whereas people... Some of them, they just write you off. They just cut you out of their lives. But he will never, ever do that. He will never, ever do that. Because of his nature, his loving nature. Because of Jesus' death on the cross, we have been freed from the curse of the law. We're free. We're free. Amen. Let's close in a word of prayer. <clears throat> Father, I want to thank you so much for your love, your grace, your mercy. It's an amazing thing. Uh, but we have to believe it by faith. We do. You revealed yourself to us by your grace, 
You gave us the faith to believe we were lost, fumbling around, being controlled by the God of this world, being conformed to the image of the world, trying to find peace that we could never find. But then you came into our life and you revealed Jesus Christ and what you suffered on that cross. We will be eternally grateful. May we be dedicated to you. May we be faithful to you. Not because we sense that we're going to be struck by lightning if we don't toe the line, if we don't measure up. We don't. Let's do it because we love you. Plain and simple. Because you first loved us and you demonstrated that clearly when you took upon our sin and our curse, the curse that was on us, on your own body. And you died and were buried and but rose again from the dead and are alive. And those listening to this message, wherever you may be, I hope and pray that you will believe by faith that Jesus loved you so much you a sinner yes even you even me he loved us and was willing to die in our place to take the punishment that we deserve because we have sinned and nothing impure or unrighteous can ever enter into heaven so we need to receive the righteousness of God and we can do that simple faith in Jesus Christ who gives us his righteousness when we believe. Amen? Amen. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m., we are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.